You're listening to the Master Photography Podcast. Welcome into the Master Photography Roundtable, part of the Master Photography Podcast Network. You're joined by thousands of photographers listening to this show who are all on the same journey to master their photography. I am Jeff Harmon, the host for this episode, and joining me today is Santa photographer Joy Howard. So glad to have you on the show, Joy. How are you? I'm doing great. I know you know I'm from Alabama, but the others don't, and here SEC football is king. (laughs) Right. So... I've had to have a little bit of therapy for the last few days after Auburn beat Alabama last weekend. So I've been a lifelong Alabama fan, and I seem to be recovering. However, it doesn't help that my husband, who is an Auburn graduate, is walking around with this ridiculously enormous grin painted on his face. So I don't know. There's that. (laughs) Uh, And I also don't dare tell him anything serious or sad right now because he's liable to just laugh and say, oh, that's nice, dear. War Eagle. (laughs) Nice. I love watching football, too. It's it's really fun for me. My teams never win, though, so I I understand. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you have to move south and suddenly it's just paramount. Everything is football. Yeah. Okay, well, we, we want to talk about Santa photo tips. We want to share with the listeners tips on how it is they can try to do some Santa photos, create some really cool ones. But I also want to just introduce you a little bit to the audience, partially because there's a lot of listeners who I think will, uh, they, their backgrounds and what they're doing is really similar to your own. So talk just a second about how you got started into the portrait photography, how long you've been doing this. Okay. Well, first, I really just wanted to say that it's so wonderful to be with you on the show because I learned so much from you and the other instructors of Master Photography Podcast. So like Erica and Connor and when Nick Page was there. Yeah. And so um, I first started listening to Photo Taco, probably uh, three, four years ago, uh-huh. and um, the so much stuff that you ended up teaching uh, through that, and then um, when I went to the first retreat. So whether it's posing women or my working knowledge of the camera triad, or as I use my back button focus that you showed me uh-huh. <laughs> in Phoenix, or as I know what to do when I lose data on an SD card, <laughs> right. or even the recipe for the computer that I went and bought um, my iMac, I got all of those tips from you. And I love um, the tips from the Lightroom Queen that you've interviewed a couple times. All that is in my head. Um, Erica and Nick, I remember their posing episode and then uh, Connor's stuff about um, studio lighting. So really, I'm actually wondering if you actually wanted to talk to me about things. (laughs) Oh, you probably just asked me because you know what a big fan I am. And you just want to hear me brag on all of y'all. I truly do love what um, an approachable, kind, humble, and thorough teacher that you are. It's one thing to have the photography knowledge, but to be able to teach it requires a selflessness that you have, um, really an ability to make it simple and accessible. When I started listening to Photo Taco somewhere 
I don't know, 2016 or 15 or whatever it was. Then when the retreat came around, I thought, I want to be in Jeff's group for those reasons I've mentioned. So I'm sure I echo many, many listeners when I say a very big thank you. I'm so, so. glad it worked. <laughs> but so for me, I played around with my first DSLR camera, discovering Boca with a Christmas present uh, in 2012 of a 50 millimeter lens, which gave me amazing images. So everything I didn't know at that point, I started watching countless tutorials. And this is probably somewhere around the time I found Photo Taco within a year or two. Um, at that point, I took some friends' family photos. And then uh, this has just grown to a business I now have shooting mainly seniors and older children. And I've done Easter minis and the Santa photos. I still do some family sessions, but those are not quite my favorite. I love individual portraiture the absolute best. So I started with the photo taco instructors or the, back then it was improved photography instructors learning Lightroom. Uh -huh. I began to shoot raw. That's when things really changed. Uh -huh. Then in manual only. And, um, and then really just learning my triad well, which I remember you saying uh, one of the retreats. You need to be able to go outside or go into any environment and immediately know what you would do with each three um, things to adjust yeah. there. Yep. ISO, aperture, shutter speed. Right. <laughs> so then almost two years ago, I decided that in order to grow, um, I would need to learn off-camera flash. Um, that's when I went in with two local photographers renting in their space. Um, their third photographer had just moved out of town. And since I was looking for a space, it worked out perfectly. Um, truly, I really did not even know how to turn on the lights or what a receiver was or what my settings should be and definitely didn't know how to position the lights and subject. So um, I hope that everyone can hear that because truly this has not been long at all um, just two years ago. Right. So like everything else, I just jumped in um, probably too soon, but <laughs> I began researching and watching tutorials some on the improved photography site um, that I was a member of then. And on the next retreat, I focused on Connor's workshop for learning off-camera flash, which was amazing. There really is so much out there for learning. Um, so we don't have to get a master's in this. <laughs> right? It's so accessible, you know. So um, for me, I want to say I really am a, in product, uh, a, a product in great part to the generosity of others, other photographers. Um, I've mentioned you guys, and then also my two studio mates just took me in and helped me get on my feet. Um, what I have found around here, I don't know if it's like that with other portrait photographers or landscape um, in other parts of the U.S., but I find that photographers are a bit selfish and definitely right. don't want to share how they got the shot or the location it was shot. Um, that's like the Holy Grail, their <laughs> locations. I thought I'd just absolute died and gone to heaven when I met my studio mates. Um, of course, they may have just been desperate for someone to pay a third of the rent. <laughs> right. <laughs> I took it as a really generous sharing of how-tos, which leads a bit into the Santa pictures. They had done Santa pictures the year before, and initially 
I thought it was a we who would be doing all of them, but I quickly figured out it was just me because they had other projects they were doing. Gotcha. Yeah. So I'm really glad you shared all of that because there are tons of listeners I know who are kind of on the beginning end of that path towards mastering photography. And I want them to take confidence from this episode. I want them to hear from somebody else that's never been on before. Joey's never been on the podcast before. And nope. someone who's very recently been kind of on that very beginning side of the, the journey and doing a fantastic job. We're going to share some of the images in the Facebook group. And I'll, I'll put some in the in the post here, too, for the show notes so that everyone can can check out the beautiful, beautiful work that that Joy is able to create. And so let's go through some of the tips. You've been through this recently enough. It's really fresh on your mind, the stuff that you learned. And so I want to go through for someone who's never done this before. They've never taken any Santa photos, maybe even never really done a lot with portrait photos. But we're going to kind of assume you at least know a little bit about camera settings and and how to get a light to work. We're going to assume that's there. But um, let's let's just talk about some tips now. Go through some really good, helpful tips of ways that people can do this. And I've kind of... uh, Based on listener questions and, and looking into what it is we should, how we should structure this, I, I have a, a few tips that I want to go through. I'm going to ask you some questions, Joy, and I, I just want to have you tell us how it is that you have gone through this. We're going to go through seven kind of categories of tips here. Does that sound okay? It sounds great. All right. So let's, the first one. The first thing that I would, so I've never done Santa photos. I just wanted to, to make sure everyone knew that, that I've never done this before. <laughs> and the first thing, if, if I was going to do this, well, obviously you need a Santa. Santa, the, that yep. figure is going to be super important. That's really critical of creating good Santa photos. We need a good Santa Claus. So how did you find your Santa? Um, and how did you know or what should listeners be looking for now that you've had a little experience with a Santa? What makes a Santa good? How, how do you find them and what makes them good? Okay. Well, actually, I found my wonderful Santa through word of mouth, but that's, um, that doesn't always happen. So I talked to my Santa and talked to him about where did the other Santas live? Don't tell the kids there's more than one. Right. Um, but here are a few ways um, that I kind of found out from him. You can contact the IBRBS, which is the International Board of Real Beard Santas. I had no um, idea there was something I like that. I didn't either. I'm like, what? And I was <laughs> delighted that they find it as important as I do, that they have real beards. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> but so this is a national group. And he said, not all states have a chapter, but many do. And so contacting them is one way. And I would even contact um, a nearby state to see, because you know, they may know someone. Uh-huh. Um Another way, he said, is through Gig Salad. Um, so that is not only for Santas, but other entertainers um, as well are on there that you can hire. But definitely there is a, a large group of Santas on there. So um, I really do think it's important to have a conversation with the Santa. I really did get lucky. But then I just figured out, wow, you um, – you know, so many things could have gone wrong. Um, so you really don't just want a guy who maybe hasn't shaved in a while <laughs> deciding yesterday, Hey, I'd like to work with kids and make a hundred bucks. 
So my uh, amazing Santa, his name is Santa Rusky. Um, he is extremely professional. He always reminds me and my assistant at the beginning of a session, he says, you know, make sure you can see both of my hands. Um, in this day and age, it just takes the guesswork out and protects everyone. Right. Also, you want to see either in person or a photo of him dressed up. Kind of don't want surprises. Um, again, my Santa even asked which outfit of his I prefer. He has like three, and I'm a traditionalist, so I really like the all red one. Uh-huh. So just real Santa look. <laughs> um, also talking to them on the phone gives you an idea of how you'll work together. You are in charge and you don't want someone else really trying to run different plays. <laughs> um, if he's a good Santa, he'll need to be booked possibly six months out or more in advance. Um, so I booked him six months in advance and paid him a hundred dollar deposit. So I think that's pretty normal for a uh-huh. Sienna. Okay. And then it's a hundred dollars an hour beyond the deposit. No, he does take that off. So it's pretty much a hundred dollars an hour. Okay. hundred dollars an hour for whatever time he's going to be spending with you. Uh, right. Okay. So yeah, six months ahead of time, they're, they're in a good one is in that much demand that if someone's hearing this right now, it's too late. And that's correct. Yeah. <laughs> And um, a photographer contacted me recently and said she was pretty upset that when she saw her her Santa um, for the shoot, he had lost 50 pounds. Oh, gosh. Um, since she had seen his picture. So you might want to just say, has anything changed? <laughs> so <laughs> scrawny Santas, what's up with that? Yeah. Yeah, you could add some padding in maybe, but that does make it, it doesn't make it look as real. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Okay, good. So there's, there's some good resources and we'll have links in the show notes or, or you can go see in the show notes, the words are that international board of real beard Santas. That's really cool. I can't believe that's there. That's awesome. Yeah. So that, that I, I want to call it just to see what it's like. I just want to talk to him. That's really fun. Uh, I had no idea. That's great. Okay. So, so that's a good, good idea. A good way to be able to get a hold of that Santa and, and get started. Now the next, the next most important thing, the, the, Parents, when they when they're doing these pictures, you got to have a really cool Santa, make that look real. But then the background, like the the magic that we're trying to create, we're trying to create this mood of this magical scene, a Christmassy Santa scene, and the background is going to play a big role there in these types of photos. So, tell me how it is that you you've got backgrounds. How how have you created the backgrounds so that you get because your your photos are just they have that magical mood to them. So how did you make that happen? Well, so I've done my Santa mini sessions in the studio, but really you can do this anywhere that you can shoot and have enough space for it. Um, You could set up in a garage or rent a space. Um, There are places like dance studios or um, even other photographer studios that you could rent by the hour. And that's really cool because many times you can use their lights as well. Um, Then there's maybe a church fellowship center or a community center would also work. Um, You can do it out of your home if you have enough uh, place for traffic and adequate parking because um, I'll get into this later, but there are five-minute sessions, so you're going to have a lot of traffic. Right. Um, so for the background, 
you can get a number of really gorgeous backdrops that are holiday themed, or you can create your own with Christmas trees and decorations. I personally think, tend to think um, less is more, but to each his own. Right. Um, so Baby Dream Backdrops is a company that has lovely holiday backdrops that are quite magical. Last year, I actually painted a mantle and got a tree company to cut logs in cross-section slices to stack up in the fireplace, and that added to um, my scene. And then I had extra stumps under the tree to hold presents or even as stools for kids to sit on. Uh And there was Christmas trees on either side of um, the mantle. This year, um, I used a barn door backdrop from Baby Dreams Backdrops, and I put an antique sofa in front of it um, with two Christmas trees on each side. I really love decorating with traditional uh, wooden toy ornaments um, and pieces that appear timeless. So really, you're not going to find any Pikachu, Pokemon, or Smurfs um, (laughs) in my setup. But again, to each his own. Um, I really love like a Norman Rockwell feel to it um, or a storybook feel. Um, I found an antique toy collector. So um, I also had this really awesome red toy tractor for the kids to hold um, and a couple books for Santa to read. Oh, and I can't forget Teddy. This is my wonderful teddy bear who has been has the ability to make any kid happy. Truly, even the older kids love holding the teddy bear. And they, he just can make the photos look so magical. He hails from Barnes and Noble bookstore where I <laughs> rescued him on a whim before my first shoot with Santa. I absolutely love him. And he's in almost all of my photos. Okay. So, Perfect. Yep. Perfect. So these, these backdrops, the uh, baby dreams backdrops, is that something yep. you've just ordered That's online? Perfect. Yes, it is. Mm-hmm. Okay. And they have lovely other backdrops as well. Gorgeous, Perfect. gorgeous ones. Mm-hmm. Perfect. That's awesome. Okay. Um, so, so that's really good. And, and now has it kind of gotten to the point where you're, you're looking for these things throughout the year? Like, Oh, that would look yes. really good in my scene. <laughs> right. It is. It is. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah. So if, yeah, if, yeah. if, if they're hearing this always now, thinking about it, <laughs> yeah. If they're, if listeners are listening, are, are listening now, it's probably the time to start thinking about this for next year, for, for 2020, we're yeah. recording here in 2019. So it would probably be good to think about like how to do it next year. Plus we're going to talk and we want to do it next. We want to talk about how to get the clients. Cause here we are, you know, in, in the first week of December in 2019, and it's probably late again to be starting for this people who want to, to schedule a time to go and take photos with Santa. They're probably well on their way to doing that or, or have it all scheduled out. So it might be tough to get that organized and, and have it work well, it, getting the Santa, getting the clients, all that. But so tell me for this season, how did when when did you start to work on getting clients, putting out there in marketing how, that you're offering the service to take Santa photos and um, did you use like a, a website for scheduling? Did you, how did you advertise the shoots coming up? How did you schedule for the shoot? And all of those kinds of things, maybe uh, managing the, the timing, like as you're running the shoot, how do you make sure these five minute sessions actually last five minutes? Did you have them sign contracts? All those kinds of questions. Tell, tell me about that. Okay, sure. 
Um, well, like Erica said, on your holiday photos show a few weeks ago, um, you can start with friends and family for your client base for Santa. And that's what I did. Um, and also the clients that I had last year were asking me about it. So if you have clients also from headshots or um, otherwise, you can let them know of your upcoming sessions and they can tell those who have little ones. So my actually my other job is in a hospital. I'm a CRNA where many coworkers are young and have little ones. So I already have a lot of clients from that environment. Uh-huh. So um, you can post on Facebook. And that's really, I heard you say recently that the only real reason you're on Facebook is probably for your business. And, and that's certainly, um, the reason I am, Uh but the marketplace trading site is really awesome. Um, and that's what I did. So initially privately and then opened up publicly on the trading site. Um, so they're going to want to see what it's going to look like as soon as possible, especially if you don't have a prior year um, photo to show. So that's when, even though you don't have your Santa on the set, you can do test shots with a toy or teddy bear where Santa will be sitting. And that's what I did um, the first year and with a picture of the teddy bear in front of myself. And then um, send this out with your invitations or um, advertisement. This year, my advertising was a collage of last year's favorite images. Um, so I only I only advertised on my Facebook page first, and then my photography Facebook page, which is public, and then the marketplace. Um, and I really didn't have a whole lot of trouble filling up this year. I had probably half returning clients and half new. Um, I will say this: a satisfied customer is your biggest advertising. Right. <laughs> so, and I bet that's in any of uh, the venues for photography. Right. I had two, um, two sessions, two weeks apart, and that made sure that those who were out of town or busy could make at least one of them. Um, many of my clients for the second session were as a result of the first. Um, so I use Sign Up Genius for booking, but I really do think I'm going to start using what Erica talked about, which is square up because I've had a lot of problems with sign up genius. I don't know if others have had these problems like trying to edit the content and getting feedback from them. Even when I upgraded to a paid account, I still was not getting the um, assistance I needed. So um, also with SquareUp, I really like that clients can pay there instead of paying later on PayPal or Venmo. Right. Yep. That seems to be um, really helpful. Um, I booked my Santa more than six months out, like I said, but my sign up for booking clients was sent out probably two months out or less. Um, So last year I scheduled only for two two-hour sessions, two weeks apart. But this year, those two shoots were four hours each. Okay. And I built in breaks in the schedule. And the breaks weren't necessarily for us to sit around and talk about how it's going. (laughs) It really, that doesn't happen. Right. It's really 
to catch up. Right. Which is funny because my husband is my timekeeper and he's like, you're eating up your breaks. And I'm just like, you don't get it. Of course I'm eating up my breaks. <laughs> That's what they're That's there what for. They're yeah. <laughs> okay. So um, he's so black and white. That's okay. He's my um, yin to my yang, whatever. Yep. So um, each slot is only five minutes long. Yeah. So I would do probably four and then a 15 minute break and repeat and then a 30 minute break in the middle because I needed to change my batteries and the cameras and the pocket wizards, the flash okay. receivers that we use. Um, and so also for anyone using um, on one of the cameras, I have a tripod, it's on a tripod. And if we use live view, uh-huh. that takes up that battery. I mean, it uses that battery so fast, right? so much faster. So if you get another camera, um, so you have to make sure you really have sufficient batteries if you're going to do live view for that. Okay. So um, I use two assistants. One is my greeter and timekeeper, and that has been my husband. <laughs> Good. And he, yep, and he does he does not tolerate going over. <laughs> right, but that's what I, you need in a timekeeper. You need someone who's going to say, "Hey, your five minutes are up." <laughs> yep. He doesn't care that we're creating magic at all. (laughs) Right. Okay, whatever, whatever. Um, Yeah, so he actually sets a timer, and I can hear it go off. Last year he didn't. He would just come around there and like, you're going over, you're going over. And this year, you know, I can hear this timer going off. So you have a terrible habit of going over. Um, So those built-in breaks really do help. Um, If you're thinking five minutes is way too short, it just might be, <laughs> but I move, um, super fast. Um, I just, I just do, I have two speeds fast and nothing <laughs> <laughs> okay. but, um, comparison. I know one photographer who does three minutes. Wow. Long. So I know crazy. Um, but my clients do have the option to buy a 10 minute slot. Um, I can truly say though, I really do get what I need pretty fast. Anything longer than 10 minutes is just really too long unless, and a lot of people do this, you're going to offer drinking milk and eating cookies with Santa or another activity with Santa. Um, I personally don't want to enter food into the equation at all (laughs) because um, I really don't want to have a difficult time consuming edit later, trying to rid the sweet face of chocolate or gummy bear. Right, right. Now, as far as signing model release, this is where I'm still young because I haven't done this, but I'm realizing the necessity. And so in the future, I will. Um, As far as posting pictures, I've contacted each parent to make certain that that is okay. But I really do see the importance of it. And that's going to be something I change. Excellent. Some, some fabulous tips in there. I think that's awesome. I'm excited to hear what you think of Square Up and see if that is a, a big deal. Oh, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah. yeah. There's that one. I, yeah. Another one that, that uh, is, has been a recent advertiser on the show is Acuity, too. So that's just another one that listeners okay. could go go and check out. I know Connor's having right. uh, a lot of success with that. 
he actually was using that service before they wanted to be an advertiser on the show. But, um, so that they didn't pay for that right there. That's just, (laughs) we do believe in the product. So, (laughs) so you, you can, uh, you can go have that. Okay. So, so now I think, I think we have a general sense then of you you got your Santa, you got to get your background ready. And then how it is that you can, you can get the client scheduled up. The tool helps, um, I, I love the two, like you talked about that square up the night. One of the nice things there would be not needing to rely on PayPal Venmo and, and do it after yes. that can get shaky. Um, I, even for family portraits, that's been kind of tough for me making sure that I follow up. And sometimes I'm not even sure I remembered to say, by the way, you still owe me for the shoot that I did with you, you know? So, um, yeah. And that's uncomfortable. Oh yeah, for sure. And then, or they yeah. would be like, Oh really? I thought we did that. And Oh gosh, <laughs> It's, it's a mess. I thought we were friends. Yeah, yeah. I have a thousand friends. What about, so on, <laughs> when you said you advertised on Facebook, does that mean you just created a post in your group or did you actually pay for an ad? I actually paid. Okay. Yes, I did. So um, I did I did actually both. I created posts in my personal and my public, um, my business one, and then I put it in Marketplace, which didn't um, cost. But then on my public business page, I paid Facebook maybe $15 for like three days, Uh something like that. Okay. So... Yeah, and, it worked. <laughs> and and I think that's it was an important thing. I just wanted to make sure we were clear on because today, if you want, even if you've created a group that has a lot of members in it, and even if they're pretty active, the posts that go out to that group, the, the only way to make sure everyone sees it is you pay for the ad. So you 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 do have to make sure yeah. you're going to spend a little bit of money on this if you want to make sure all of the people see your post. Um, there's just, it's the way the uh, Facebook works today. <laughs> it's just how right. it is. Yep. Okay. And you can choose the, um, the age range, right. which is perfect because 20 year olds do not need to see this. They don't right. care. Right. But, um, you know, obviously the anywhere from 20 to 80, you know, perfect <laughs> or something. Yeah. Okay. Now let's, let's kind of go into more the actual shoot. And, mm-hmm. and what it takes to get there. I want to start with one of the things I think is actually the very most challenging about portrait photography. The other stuff, the, the technical details, lighting, where to put them and everything, that stuff I think is, is fairly straightforward to learn. It definitely takes some experience and we're going to talk a little bit about it, but posing is hard to learn. <laughs> posing is a tough <laughs> skill to get. Um, and, and with Santa photos, it feels to me like posing is a little different than normal. So what, how, right. how do you pose people? What are some different options? How did you come to like figure it out? Cause you're, you're posing and the background and Santa, it all comes together so well to make that magical mood. It seems like this is a critical aspect. So, um, well, this part is really tricky because see, there's two things going on here. One, um, which you would think was the most important, the child is seeing Santa possibly for the first time. It's magical and so exciting. But the real deal of what's happening here is just about me (laughs) getting the shots that I want. No, but, um, I'm, so I'm pretty focused when it comes to posing and positioning and kids are definitely unpredictable, right. but I keep moving them around and I talk to my Santa of what I'm going for so that their back is not to me. Um, so before the shoot, I have in mind several shots. I definitely want according to the age of the child. Um, and so they're like my artboard in my head. 
Um, and I get my ideas from a number of places. Definitely Pinterest is one of them. Okay. Um, so as they're in my mind, um, I know that that's no matter what's going on with the child, I'm going to be trying to move them towards that next um, position. Okay. Um, so my two favorite shots to get are these. Um, for the older child, meaning then maybe older than two, um, standing beside Santa, um, who's also standing, and usually the child's holding the teddy bear, and they're look, they're holding Santa's hand, and they're looking up at Santa. So they're turning a little bit to the side, and they're looking up at him, who in the composition of the picture, you can only see his leg. Got it. So um, not showing his face to me. Um, adds kind of a magical quality to him, right. kind of a otherness quality, and really shows off the wonder in the child's eyes. And I love that. Right. Um, when, so actually, when I posted in Instagram, I couldn't help myself. A little se- self-deprecating humor. Um, hashtag, where is his head, though? <laughs> because, you know, like my literal child's like, Mom, you cut off his head. Uh-huh. Uh, so now for babies, the shot that I'm really wanting is Santa sitting and holding them between his knees, them standing on the floor or just sitting on the floor playing with the toy and also composing this one um, in camera without showing the rest of Santa. So, and I love when the baby's trying to look around at him and see who's holding them or just the sheer delight that they have being bounced up and down. Um, so, and a lot of times I get the parent to stand near the key light. So the baby is looking at them, which of course makes the catch lights just fabulous. Um, so um, we have Christmas music blaring and everyone's trying to make them smile. So it's extremely exciting, if not a bit circus-like. Um, for the very little ones, they may be possibly terrified by something like a big man in red. Right. So <laughs> we do what's called a sneaky Santa. Um, we put the baby on the couch and take a couple of him or her happy, you know, while there's no threat, <laughs> while Santa sneaks behind them and gets in the picture unbeknownst to the baby. Gotcha. Um, yeah. So then Santa comes around in view of the baby, and half the time, this is when all hell breaks loose. <laughs> <Right. laughs> and it takes a minute to convince them that it's okay. Some of them, truly, they never get over it. They never recover. And there's tears and screaming the rest of the session, which, depending on how the parents view this, and you can kind of take that temperature looking at them, um, this can be some really great photo opportunities. <laughs> For sure. Some yeah. of my favorites are, are this. Um, so, yeah, I can't believe I'm saying it, but sometimes screaming babies are funny. They, just, <laughs> they look like you're just torturing them right. just to get near the guy, you know. So, um, now I do, I tell the families to come dress to get in the pictures because many times the child won't even get near Santa without the mom or dad. Right. So, in five minutes, I'm usually trying to get these shots here. The child or children by themselves, Santa behind them, Santa sitting with them, and then the magical shots of standing next to Santa or at his feet. And inevitably, there are some sessions that get very few, if any, non-screaming baby shots. And 
So, I mean, it's never dull. Um, now, we'll say I remembered what Brian McGuckin said uh-huh. at one of the um, retreats when he was talking about shooting kids. And he was saying how the perspective is so important to get low. So truly, almost every session, every five-minute session, at some point, I'm on the floor zooming in to get the perspective where the child is larger than anything else. So, um, yeah. Now, I will say my favorite Santa photographer is in Atlanta, um, and that is truly half of what makes his photos epic is the perspective. Getting down there on the ground. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So So you're not... You're, you have two, two cameras you're shooting with then one that's on yeah. a tripod and one that's not. That's right. So I'm okay. going to talk about that in, in just a little bit, but true. Yeah, that's what I do. I have an assistant running the one that is set, um, on the tripod. Gotcha. And I'll show you how that's done. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Perfect. I, you know, one of my, so I, I do, I have a picture way before I got in photography back when my kids were really young too. I have one of my oldest boy when he was about two and yeah, full on like crying <laughs> with Santa and we Horrible. still like it is now gone into the Christmas decorations bin because it has oh, to come yeah. back out every year and show Epic. like, you know, that, that shot. Cause it's so funny. I love it. Yeah. I love it. <laughs> and we tried so hard right. to get him to like calm down, but yeah, there was no calming in that year. And and he, he looks back to, he's like, how did I like think this was so bad? <laughs> So funny. I love it. Okay. Yeah. That, I think yeah. that's some really good tips about how to try to pose the children to make that magical mood. It's, it's just, it's not like a, your traditional portrait. It, there's a little bit different thing that you yeah. need to get here. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So really those things, having, having the shots that you want to get in your head to copy, um, like there's this one Pinterest image that I really was, I just fell in love with and I wanted to recreate that. So that is so important. Have knowing where you're going with it. before. And maybe, so do you ever get with mom just before and say, okay, here's what we're trying to accomplish. Nope. No, there's not time for that. (laughs) They usually feel like they have been whisked in and out. And one woman we heard leaving going, wow, that was awesome. (laughs) Perfect. And a lot of times they're like, oh, I don't think you got anything. But then we did. Yeah. Okay. It happened very fast. (laughs) And I I like your suggestion about having mom or or whoever's with the adult with them, grandma, perhaps whoever it is, dad, uh, standing near that key light so that that's who they'll be looking at. Um, yes. which yes. often is not how I want it because with, with more traditional kind of shoots, mm-hmm. uh, I want them looking at a camera. And so having mom or dad off to the mm-hmm. side means they're off, they're looking off to the side and I don't want that. Right. But in this case that contributes to the magical feel. It really does. And I have to say the longer I go on like this year, my favorite pictures are not the ones where they're looking, right? They're so engaged in whether playing with the tractor or looking at the teddy bear or, you know, having, um, looking back at Santa. I mean, it's those, those moments, um, to me are, um, because they usually are capturing an emotion, which that makes for the best pictures. It reminds me of another family photo of mine that I love nothing to do with Santa, but we, we went to Disneyland one year when one of my boys was, I think he's about four, maybe five years old. And huge into Buzz Lightyear. 
And so, uh-huh. so when we were at the parade at night, sitting on the sidelines, for most of it, he's like, oh, this is nice. There's lights, pretty lights, and there's some characters. But when Buzz walked by, the oh, look on God. his face, that magical, like, oh. oh, that's Buzz Lightyear. And I got a picture I of that. Buzz. And it was, oh. it's awesome. It's one of my favorite pictures of, of oh, that boy. So cool. And yeah, I love it. It's so great. So I can imagine how nice that is. If this is the first time that this child seeing Santa Claus and they don't burst into tears immediately, but to try to get that, that magical capturing that magical view. Oh yeah. Mom and dad are going to love that. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk camera settings. That's another thing that a lot of photographers need to know about. And so let's talk about, um, what, what shooting mode, what's, uh, what are the important, like is the shutter speed and, and aperture important? What, wh- how do you set that up? Do you use auto white balance? What Sam, what camera settings have you learned are like really important for this setup? Okay. Right. This is the fun stuff. I really yeah, love yeah. it. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. First of all, um, like I said, I have two cameras going the whole time. Um, I rent my backup camera from borrowlenses.com and I have been renting for from them since my since the first time I went to one of your retreats Uh um two two and a half years ago or so um and I they they're just I've never had a problem um I'm a Nikon d750 shooter which I know I'm in the minority I even (laughs) remember like the the one year you did a um y'all did a survey and I think we're like in 30 six percent or something uh-huh. but anyway um and i also know that canon thinks they're better <laughs> <laughs> hey no judgment here whatever camera the most important thing is you create your images that's what matters right yeah so i do love the 750 750 uh, for many reasons one is the second um sd card slot right which is just recording um as well and so if one card messed up i have another one that has the shots on right um, of course, I shoot in RAW, and that is, I mean, I can't say how important that is. Um, one thing truly um, that is so important is to have both cameras set to the same settings. That uh, would complicate editing immensely. Um, but anyway, so both cameras have the same exact settings. One camera is on a tripod. And uh, captures what I call the set shot, which um, I have it zoomed for the composition that will get the whole background best um, that includes everything that I want in the set. Uh, Last year, I actually used uh, my 85 millimeter lens on that camera. And that is my favorite portraiture lens, by the way. But this year, I used my 24 to 70. I love how sharp it is the Tamron. Um, and it, it was awesome. The 85 ended up being just a bit tight uh-huh. for our space. And my assistant, um, would probably have like a neck ache as her back was against the wall gotcha. to be able to, to use that. So my assistant used a trigger sometimes to get the shots, but since she does know her way well around a camera, um, and I actually showed her back button focus, just like you showed me two years ago, (laughs) and she used that. So she was able, and I really had confidence because if I did not have an assistant that I really had confidence in, that could be half of the shots messed up. So um, she's really amazing. Um, Her name's Bethany, and she's just 
epic. She's wonderful. Um, so I used my 70 to 200 on the other camera to get all the other shots. And I am up and down and all over the place to get the best angles. So um, the reason I use my 70 to 200, obviously, if you're if the child's already terrified of one, you know, object that's foreign, this big red thing close to them, then they don't want a camera right in their face either. So zooming in is just great. Uh Um, and that, so it allowed for some great close-ups and all the settings on both of the cameras were set in order to pick up the lights on the Christmas trees and behind Santa on the backdrop. So, and if your listeners see one of the pictures, you'll, they'll see what I'm talking about and also for clarity. So here's the settings I used. Um, ISO 800, and that was able to get the ambient of the um, the lights on the Christmas tree. The shutter speed at 125. I usually use 160 when I'm in um, doing my other studio work, but this seemed to get the lights better. Uh-huh. And okay. an aperture of 7.1 because um, I really didn't want, I wanted my, my backdrop to be dark enough so, but also, I didn't want any chance of everything not being sharp, as in everything being the people. <laughs> right. So, because sometimes there was a child in front of the couch, and then people on the couch, and then Santa behind. So, I really had to make certain that I got everything sharp. Um, I played with those settings last year, and then the test shots the night before the shoot this year proved that they were best uh, for what I wanted. Right. Um, I would love for the lights on the tree to be a little blurrier or dreamier, but I didn't want my shutter speed, you know, too slow right. or my aperture less. Um, I didn't want to lose sharpness. I, I shoot an all manual, so I don't use aperture priority or shutter priority. It's not that you can't do that. I just like to control each item. Um, for white balance, I use an Expo disc which is only $50. And I'm sure I would get great results from a light meter, but this is just easy. I use it all the time. Um, and I love it. Now, not everyone uses a second camera. Um, lots of people, you do not have to have a second camera to do Santa mini or Santa photos. But if you do, just make sure you go through each of the settings and choose the exact ones you're using on your main camera, like making sure to choose raw, um, and not JPEG, but you can definitely do this. Just one camera running. I'm just a little over the top obsessive that way. <laughs> <laughs> no problem. Okay. So expo disc for white balance. How do you, how are you using that? Yeah. Do you, do you use it just on one yeah. shot and then that sets a custom white balance on the camera that you use the rest yes, of the shoot? Yes, it does. Yeah. So for Nikon, um, you can, it has its own settings, uh, white balance options you can choose, um, or you can use a preset that mm-hmm. you do yourself. So by for Nikon, you hold down the information button and then the white button, white balance, balance button, and the little word pre comes up. And so then that is when I use the Expo disc over my lens and I'm pointing it towards where the light is. Right. So, and then it uh, sets it and it also tells you if the settings aren't good enough. So, which is kind of strange if you don't have it set to what it, you know, what it can configure. So, 
but I, I really do love it. It's great. Beautiful. <laughs> All yeah. right. Th- that's great. Good, good suggestions on the camera settings. I like, I like that. And that's, that should help people out. Let's talk about the lighting. You, you, uh, okay. you talked about making sure that those Christmas lights are showing up and that's like most of the point about the mood. I think in these photos, we, it's not the, the traditionally we kind of want the background. It looks really good in, in other kinds of, of portraiture to have the background be less bright, not like totally dark, but not as right. bright as the main subject in the photo. Our eyes move towards the thing that are brightest in the photos. And so having right. the, the background be darker is an appealing thing. But in this case, we, we kind of want some of those Christmas tree lights to show up. That's It's another element that comes into making this thing look more magical. So I, I want you yeah. to talk about lighting, maybe even if you can, if there's people on a budget that want to do a little DIY here or, or something like that. Okay. Some of the lighting that you use, tell me about how okay. you, what lighting equipment you're using and how you go about the process of, of kind of dialing in how it should be set up. Okay. So, um, as I mentioned before, so it's been almost two years since I've been working out of a studio. It was really intimidating at first. Um, and I would tell anyone listening, starting out just to jump in and ask someone to teach you. Um, my one of I have two studio mates, and they're both amazing. Um, one of them, she's like, oh, it's not that hard. It's totally easy. But really, I did not know where the on switch was. <laughs> so I paid one of them for um, two, um, a two-hour hands-on session because he's also taught photography. And then um, my other studio mate just volunteered to come and have a learning session where we just played with the lights for an hour or so. Um, so they say you really start to learn something about the third time you hear it. Uh-huh. Uh, so between that and Connor Hibbs' amazing hands-on workshop in Charleston, and um, I watched the Felix Coons, I'm not sure if it's how you say it, the lighting series. Um, it's really great. Uh, and a num- numerous other tutorials. Now I'm much less intimidated. <laughs> right. So um, I do remember you saying, Jeff, that you don't need the best gear in the world to shoot great photos. Use what you have. So in our studio, we have some old strobes. We use the white lightning um, and alien B strobes. And they're, I think they're kind of old. <laughs> um, I think these are really about a third of the price of Ellen Chrome light uh-huh. um, that are so popular now. Um, you can get like a used Alien B for a couple hundred, I think. <laughs> and recently someone pointed out to me that, well, Alien B, and of course I think they had Ellen Chrome lights and all <laughs> right. that. That They're like, oh, well, Alien B gives way too much of a magenta hue. And I looked at my photo and I was like, yes, I think you're right. So voila, I just adjust that in Lightroom right. and continue to use the $200 light. <laughs> so um, I have a six-foot Octavox modifier that was um, already part of our studio, which is awesome. Um, so I really can't even remember the brand. It may be a Westcott. Uh-huh. It's, um, it's, it's not an Ellen Chrome either. <laughs> so that um, then on the white lightning strobe is turned all the way down because it's 3200 power. So really you could do this with an Alien B 800 because the light, white lightning is a lot of power. Okay. So I have it turned all the way down. 
and um, and then it's 90 degrees to the subject. This is key, absolute key, feathered light. That is what is key to creating a magical and even a painterly set um, theme, you know, for your photos is feathering the light. So opposite of that strobe and reflecting the light is a white V-flap. And I remember when I first started learning, I'm like, well, what's a V-flat? Where do you get <laughs> right. a V-flat? Where can you order a V-flat? So um, I've made several quite cheaply from foil-faced insulation boards from Lowe's. Excellent. $14 and change each. I taped two together with, actually with gaffer's tape mm-hmm. that I bought at the Create Photography Retreat in Charleston. I was like, oh my gosh, I think it was $20 for a really large um, right. roll so I brought several so um, I still have some um, I use it all the time but so these boards are eight feet by four feet and they work beautifully because the white side's kind of shiny and it really reflects reflects well and not for Santa's but the foil silver side is really awesome for using as a reflector with headshots when you want more of a pop um, I did actually uh, buy the V-flats from um, very popular V-flat world, which are great because they're portable and they have a black side for flagging. But the downside is that they're $400. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> um, only six feet tall, but they are great for portability. Um, so again, feathering the white has worked beautifully for me to help create a more painterly um, portrait. Um, so I was told at first before I did this, you know, with the Santas and several people being in the subjects, I was told, oh, you need to flat light the subjects, Uh, meaning the modifier is pointing straight at them. But I just don't care for that type of light. Um, So feathering the light and reflecting it with white V-flats, it gives that painterly effect. And sometimes you even get a bit of a Rembrandt triangle on the subject's face, which I absolutely go nuts when I see it. Uh I go crazy. I'm like, oh my gosh. I love it, love it. So last year, I also put a white poly board that's dirt cheap on the floor several feet in front of them to add more reflection. But I actually like it better without it. So because I can get more of the pleasing shadows that I want. Um, So I personally, I'm more drawn to darker, moodier images. And while these Santa pictures are brighter than some of my other stuff, they definitely are not crazy bright. Um, personally, I like depth, but most importantly, too bright with strobes or flash, usually for me, means hot spot. So I always underexpose and then bring up exposure in Lightroom. Gotcha. Yeah. Perfect. I love it. Okay, so it's it's the one light then. You have a single yeah. light, That's camera single right. Light. 90 degrees, is it, is it, uh, like even with the people like they're, it's in the same depth of the scene as the person or is it slightly in front of them? Question. Right. So it definitely is, um, in front of them. It is, um, about five feet in front of, uh, the couch, um, if not six. So because I definitely don't want hot spots because many times you put the child down and then they start to crawl forward into more of the straight light and that does not make a pleasing image. Uh (laughs) Um, And then also I, it is six feet. So 
the Octavox. So really, there's not much need to tilt it, but I have it ever so slightly tilted at, um, you know, tilting down but and then raised quite a bit. So probably the bottom part of the Octavox is um, at a one foot or two feet. So um, so it's pretty high, but right um, beside them as opposed to a 45 degree degree angle up where I would do most portraits. Perfect. And uh. that's yeah, mostly because it's six feet. <laughs> right. Yep. And and so that's that's another thing to bring up here. So the Octobox is awesome. Uh, if if an Octobox is because those those can be kind of tough to set up uh, ones yep. that are that big. Yeah. Another option would be a shoot through umbrella. That would be something that that would probably yes. really produce Which a I very similar light. Uh huh. Okay. Right. Yeah. And it and and save some money that way too. If someone wants to do. A, a less expensive setup and then building those V flats is like really easy. <laughs> right. Yeah. And one other thing that I would say that's really inexpensive and definitely if you don't have access to studio strobes is you using um, your speed light shooting into one of the V flats you made. Right. So when I have done something like that, I tend to, it tends to, maybe need more, uh, the angle more towards them, but it definitely can be done. So, gotcha. okay. Last one here. I want to talk about post-processing. Then you mentioned that you're specifically made a decision because you like the end result best. And I, I do this with sports photos too. I un, underexposing on purpose. Like there's, yes. it, it <laughs> helps you to get to the end result and you have plenty of room in these raw files and we've got plenty right. of light and pixels <laughs> yep then then you can go and and add enough exposure in post that it's going to look fabulous so what else is there anything else that we should talk about that you do in post processing because you know these these photos that you've you've got here they've got that exact magic mood that i think so many photographers want to create how do you get there in post okay so in Lightroom, um, and I'm, I know I'm not going to say these things technically correct um, to the great Jeff Harmon, <laughs> but so I take my contrast up around 58 and my highlights down to like 61 or so okay. um, opposite of the contrast. Shadows, I decrease them to 45 or so, um, which and the whites really I keep around midline if not a bit increased um, because of Santa's white on his outfit. Right. Um, and then a moderate decrease of blacks because I have my contrast up. Um, for noise reduction, my luminance is around 20, 25, which I think I remember years ago, Nick Page giving like how to set, you know, the, the some good things for that. And that's where I got that. It always sticks in my brain. Um, and then I keep, yeah, so the whites there really cannot be looking dingy because of his outfit. Right. Um, now, on not all of the pictures, because some, it's obvious that they would never want to frame just certain ones. However, for many of them, I love to take it into what's called exposure software. It used to be called Alien Skin. And add a filter there, which um, it just it just makes it pop. 
it's a small amount of the filter, about uh, 30% of it. It's in the faded section and it's faded gold. And that really makes the red of his outfit just look dreamy. If I knew how to make it happen in Lightroom alone, I would do it. Um, I'm sure the Lightroom queen or, um, or Jeff Harmon could tell me how to do that. <laughs> but um, so now also, I know there was a question in the Facebook group on how to keep straight who the clients are for delivery of images. Um, I use three by five cards with the child's name on it uh, for the timekeeper to hand to me. And then I hand to Santa. Ah. Um, and then staying as long as you are in order. <laughs> uh, so, cause I have my master list of, of who is next and what time. One way actually is to take an iPhone picture of the card with their name on it in front of them with their family before the session. Um, I haven't needed to do that, but it really is challenging if they get out of order. And I've been known to find someone on Facebook so that I can check their children's faces to identify my <laughs> right. but I haven't needed to do that a lot. Um, it's not ideal, but um, yeah, I had 60 different clients in, in the, my two sessions this year, so it can happen. And I want to say for delivery of the images, I use my website and thanks to you, Jeff, <laughs> I use the complicated Zenfolio. <laughs> <laughs> I love the headache it gave me setting it up, but, um, so thanks for the horrible record. I'm just kidding. <laughs> so just kidding. Um, a great thing about it, though, is delivering these Santa images. Um, personally, I am getting away from being a shoot and burn photographer. Um, however, here, Zenfolio is good for delivering these digital images um, because it's connected with the MPIC store, right. which I think is fabulous quality. Um, I'm sure you talk about this all the time. But even if you do a stand-up job on your part of taking great images and edit them beautifully, if your client prints them at a drugstore or Walmart, it is ruining the picture as well as their experience of shooting with you. So um, actually, the more I learn, the more I want to deliver quality from beginning to end. Um, producing and delivering quality products. Uh, so one part of that is having a computer screen that's calibrated correctly. And I heard you talk about this, yep. <laughs> calibrating your screen a few years ago. And I was like, ah, probably isn't that important. I can't afford another thing like that. So until I walked in a client's house where my work was on the wall and I was like, oh, wow, why are those prints so dark? Um, it wasn't what I had seen on my computer screen, editing. So now with my screen calibrated and I use the Spider Elite Pro um, and I also have my own printer. So I know I can deliver quality from start to finish. Um, so, but however, I don't do my own prints with Santa images yet. I may next year. There's just so much to accomplish by myself in a short amount of time. Um, I have delivered these within a week of each shoot, which is, insane but um for me <laughs> and i guarantee three to five pictures each session um and usually i deliver seven to ten images um and it just works best right now to give them those digital files right. through website yeah, yeah this is one of those situations where they probably are really antsy to get the digital copy because they want to uh, go share it with yeah. grandma and grandpa on facebook and <laughs> all of that <laughs> yeah yep they yep. do 
Perfect. So it, not a whole lot you have to do in post-processing because you're getting it right in camera. Yes. Yes. So yeah. that's, that is key. Yeah. Which, which I really, you don't have to take it into that exposure to get that, but, um, I'm just obsessive. So right. you really don't have to. <laughs> Yep. I, the, the place that I think, I mean, I, I don't, I'm not familiar with the filter, so I can't say for sure. I'd have to kind of look at what the before and after is, but I would guess you could probably accomplish this using the HSL panel in Lightroom and play around with the, the colors that way. But, uh, I'll have to play around with it and see, see if I can figure out the magic yeah. formula for you. I'll have to show you the before <laughs> and after so you can tell me. <laughs> Perfect. All right. Let's, let's, uh, Joy, it's been so good to have you on the show. We're, we're kind of out it. of time here, but let's, let's, uh, close up with our doodads of the week. And then I got a few reminders. Why don't you tell us about your doodad of the week? Well, so I really love the Spider Pro holster, camera holster. Okay. Um, for the single camera. And it is, um, I think it's actually 150. Right. Um, I do mainly portraiture, so I'm forever setting the camera down uh, to adjust positioning or something. And so, not being able to find it <laughs> for a while is is crazy when I set it down. So, with the Spider Pro holster, my camera's right there on my hip. Um, besides kind of makes me feel like I'm John Wayne. <laughs> right. <Holster. laughs> right. So, um, yeah. And then the expo disc that we mentioned before. I love it. Perfect. So, yeah. And V flat. And you talked about yeah, lots of stuff. It's, it's yeah. going to be awesome. Yeah. All right. My doodad of the week this time is something that I've been using a lot with my MacBook Pro, and that's the USB-C hub from Hyperdrive. So this one is a little different than a lot of others I've seen. This one plugs into both USB-C ports that are on. I, I use a 13-inch MacBook Pro, so it's only two ports on the left-hand side of the, the laptop, and this plugs right in there. Then it has SD card, CF card, USB ports, another USB-C port, and HDMI out. So uh, all of that there to really make it easy for me to expand off of those those USB-C Thunderbolt ports and uh, make things go really fast. It's it's great. I can highly recommend it. I've tried a bunch of them. Some of them don't work with some peripherals. Like some, they're they're there's like a power problem or or something like that with with some that I've tried. I've gone through a few now, and this is the one that I like the best. It's about $90. So it's not the least expensive, which is where I tried, of course, first was to go with the least expensive stuff. And uh, because I had issues with them, I decided, all right, I, I got to get something a little bit, I got to invest something a little more expensive because I got to make sure it works and I need to have it be reliable. So this one is one that works and is reliable. It looks nice too, being plugged into it. I can, I can recommend that one as my doodad of the week. Uh, we want to remind you that the the show notes are over at masterphotographypodcast.com. We have our Facebook group too, where if you were part of that group, you knew this episode was coming and had a chance to be able to ask questions. And uh, we'd love to have you offer other suggestions for the show or just come and ask your own questions, whatever it is that you want help with, with your photography. We have a very big community of people that are very engaged and, and willing to help out. It's, it's interesting, Joy, because you mentioned that there's a lot of photographers who don't want to share their information. They don't want to share what's helped make it's them true. be successful. <laughs> so true. And with yeah. our Facebook group, I think it's the exact opposite. It's filled with people I love that. who really, really want to help each other out. And, you know, the, the whole concept of the rising tide raises all boats, that's, that's what we've got going on over at the Master yeah. Photography Facebook group. 
Awesome. You can find my work at jsharmanphotos.com. My other podcast is phototacopodcast.com, where we break down technical topics that um, are tough to understand for a lot of people, and I try to make it easy for, for others to understand. My Instagram, Twitter, and um, and Facebook profiles are also out there if you want to check those out. Joy, where can people find you? Um, my website is jp, as in Peter, jphowardphotography.com. And Instagram, J.P. Howard Photography. Facebook, J.P. Howard Photography. Excellent. Okay, so we'll have those links in the show notes too so you can check out Joy's photos. She'll have some there. We'll also put, make sure we'll share some examples of what it is we're talking about in the show notes. Thank you so much for joining me, Joy. It was really, really fun. It was awesome. Thank you for having me. All right. That's it for, uh, for this episode. Thanks so much for listening, everybody, and we'll see you again in another seven days. 